Welcome back. Welcome back to making the most of this moment in time. I'm Jess Honig, your host, as well as psychotherapist, artist, and author. I coach clients to free themselves from performance anxiety, dehumanizing perfectionism, and limiting artistic boundaries. I'll be sharing tips to challenge these dilemmas throughout this podcast series. Be sure to submit podcast-inspired art to be featured as a fellow mindful artist. More details on that are located on the about page of my blog, reframeyourartistry.com, and you will find a copy of my newly released book that features similar prompts as this podcast titled, Reframe Your Artistry, Mindful Tools for Art Making at Any Age, available through places like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart, my fave indie booksellers like Reads and Company or Town Center Books in the greater Philadelphia area, as well as directly through the publisher's website at prodigygoldbooks.com. Today's intention, keep showing up. Keep showing up for art. No matter the partners or audience gap between creations or disappointments, Perhaps more often than most, the artist learns to negotiate when something does not work out. We're great negotiators. Many artists do not work according to the plan envisioned or according to the vision others have for them or according to the vision they themselves held initially for an outcome. It happens again and again. We negotiate. We adapt. Dancers make that type of negotiation dozens of moments across an evening's performance. Band members fall out of line and catch themselves and jump back in. Actors improvise when lines go askew and writers' thoughts run along the page so quickly that words are skipped or misspelled. Honestly, we think no less of these examples as artistic. In fact, I think of those examples more so as the essence of artistic, or as we say, that's artistic flow. Artists during COVID protocol have expressed a pull towards stuck. This moment in history weighing them down, wheels in thick mud turning and no movement forward. Maybe the wheel no longer considers movement forward as possible. Mindful artistry, though, is the ability to jump back into the moment and then the next, regardless of circumstance. It's about what is right now, so when movement forward recurs, we will still be connected to our wheels. Mindfulness lets us show up to the here and now moment, after the previous one being, uh, shall we say, rather, rather, rather stinky as the great children's book character Eloise might describe in her view from the Plaza Hotel. The mindful skill applied here keeps showing up to that rather, rather, rather stinky moment is necessary to get to this fresh moment. We must go through. We must keep showing up as well because you cannot be certain What could happen next, except say if you never submit a manuscript again, for instance? If never, then you sure as anything will never 
get published. Keep showing up no matter the circumstances. That's it, and I get it. It's often not easy, especially right now, to show up for art. We are worried about food, shelter, finances, family. We don't even need the label of mindful to see how gritty and grace-filled we really are these days. We don't need a label to see how gritty and grace-filled we really are. Because we are artists. We make art. Grit and grace is entrenched throughout the process. It isn't what some unintentionally minimizing people say, oh, follow your dreams. Go play around with your nice hobby. Art, art making is what artists do with grit and grace make art. You can be a great many things, but for artists, at least one thing they have in common, at least one thing we have in common, artists make art and we keep making art. Fellow artists, as I speak, thought they'd be debuting on Broadway this month. Instead, they face unemployment or worse. The curtain will rise again or your art form may evolve into a different dramatic genre. Be open to adaptation. Make art, that is what you do. No matter the Manhattan address attached, just make art. Dancers in Philadelphia, shout out to the marvelous Philodenko. They were touring in Europe. They were brought home grounded and now dancing is able to the beat of some class brought to them online in their own apartments. Artists have had their gallery shows canceled, musicians have lost gigs, and they teach online. Dilemmas like these and more were highlighted in the excellent article by Amy Rosenberg in the Sunday Philadelphia Inquirer, April 26th edition. And that intimately showed these struggles as well as how some of these struggles have led to self-rediscovery, reinvention, artistically. But across the board, most creatives are worried. I'm worried. Writers like myself desperately await a financial breakthrough for their efforts. Tired from years and years of getting somewhere and concerned their progress lately headed nowhere fast. Told by their publisher, there isn't much we can do right now. The industry is shut down. Doors closed, lots and lots of doors have closed. To an artist, it feels like dead on arrival, like the anticipation, the hope, the effort, leading to something of a stillbirth. Pardon the crass comparison. Yet for some artists, unfulfilled creative births may feel on par with nurturing a child or pet. The degree of grief and disappointment when something doesn't work out, and worse yet, never gets the light of day it deserves grief unspeakable a pain to the heart a promise gone sour heavy clouds darken present possibility i had one of those moments this week my first podcast interview fell through if i'm honest i had several much more devastating scenarios throughout my artistic lifespan that prepared me to ride this wave and to keep speaking to you 
Perhaps my first lesson, I was 14 years old. I was cast as a lead, my first full-length ballet. It was a big deal, and when I look back at their 14-year-olds, I notice 14-year-olds these days, (laughs) through my ripe eyes of 40, I think uh, I was quite young and naive. But in my 14-year-old eyes, I had three hours of dancing to perfect the length of an average ballet and to make it look easy as if I were having fun to convince the audience of the world I was traveling through artistically. Everything felt so intense, teen intense, artistic, soul intense in that moment as if things must work out or else that kind of intense. My issue then also had to do with disappointment. We'll call him D. The story centers around D. I was certain that this much older hunk and the only male dancer with quality turnout and poise within a 45-minute rural radius. I was sure he was the love of my life. Turns out he was a fabulous mentor and original thinker, and he was cast as my true love, my co-lead, my partner in La Fima Gorday, which translates, wait for it, as the poorly chaperoned daughter. (laughs) I was the poorly chaperoned daughter, and he was my partner in crime to speak. We even got married at the end of the three hours in a French farmhouse. Doesn't get much more romantic than that, eh? After months of rehearsals and weeks before the showtime, the director gathered the cast in a room and said Dee had quit. Something about a contract issue, Dee would be replaced with some blah 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 student from the University of the Arts. I missed most of the director's remaining pep talk. How was I in a room full of people hearing something? didn't hear much, that's for sure. Noise. Dee's decisions seemed to only affect my future, seemingly forever ruined. Ruined by circumstances that felt way out of my influence. Why didn't my, de- my, didn't my director get how this would hurt me? Why didn't Dee think of my feelings? Wasn't he also in love with me and this production? In my stillness and my shutdown, I was a 14-year-old who lost more than her dance partner. I was pretty sure this was insurmountable heartache. That night, 12 handwritten poems later, 11 of them original, proved that stance. Confession, I, I did steal one poem and claim it as my own. The Emma Jane Ray poem from the My Girl movie. Quote, weeping willow with your tears running down. Why do you always weep and frown? Oh, such poetic words. I um, apologize for my moment of plagiarism. I'm fessing up now. The next day, I mailed them all to D. Eventually, I danced my way through the unchaperoned daughter with some other guy whose name I cannot remember. We acted out true love, and however his body odor, more mothballs than something natural, lingers in my brain, haunting me still. Not his fault. He was guilty by association. I still think of D often, and I understand. I try to understand. I should just let it go or write another YA novel about it. You get the point. 
From afar, I think we both still resemble the artistic soulmates we have been at 14 and 18. No? Dee could not finish that performance. But the show had to go on. My show had to go on. My show goes on. I do not dance anymore, though the lesson of that journey defines much of my artistic resilience. Many of us have a story that grounds our artistic resilience. What is yours? Someone else filled in in the flesh that day, but I was still dancing with the memory. This week was meant to be my first interview with a lifelong artistic confidant and philosophical mentor. Due to forces bigger than myself, she was unable to pull through on the request. In closing, I send her love and I hope you may get to hear her brilliant, often under self-valued views of art in the world. There is a piece about her in the Reframe Your Artistry book in the Wabi Sabi chapter. Her name is Michelle Tantoko. She's one of the finest modern dancers in the greater Philadelphia area. Until we get to speak with her here, I will leave you, my fellow mindful artist, with a few questions I wish to ask her. And while my friend may not be able to fulfill the role envisioned with her, I will be bringing you a few other sassy interviews of fellow mindful artists shortly. If you would like to be considered for a podcast interview on how you have brought resilience and rebirth to your artistry, I'd like to hear from you via reframeyourartistry at gmail.com. Let's connect. Without further ado, here's a few questions from the batch I had in store for my first interview. So I'll go ahead and ask you, my dear listeners. May we start with how you define art. How do your artistic influences influence your personal life and vice versa? How does your art influence your relationship with your body? Any hidden desires artistically? What's holding you back? Till next time, keep showing up. My fellow artists keep showing up, make art, that is what we do. No curtain, no editorial review, no partner beside us will determine solely our weight in gold. When you are ready, when you are able, you will rise, and so will your curtain. And I will be on the other side, wanting to hear about it.